0: so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. So maybe you have completely finished the manuscript of your book, and you're preparing to publish, and you want to make sure that you have all your I's dotted and all of your T's crossed. If that's you, then this series that we're embarking upon today is for you. If you are in the process of writing though, and you're coming across terms that seem completely foreign to you, and you're feeling overwhelmed, then this series is also for you. Today we begin a journey of book publishing from A to Z. We're literally going to go through the alphabet, and I'm gonna hit on some of the common industry terms but I'll be honest, were not common to me when I decided that I wanted to write a book. So one of the things that I've learned is that we can be really passionate about the writing process and wanting to share our story with the world, but at the same time, we can be really, really lost to how the industry actually works. And if we don't understand this before we publish, it can actually hurt the success, and the impact of our book. So with this series, I want to ensure that you do not repeat many of the mistakes that I made. So make sure that you have a pen and some paper and you're able to take some notes, if that's you, old school like me, and like to take paper notes, or grab your tablet or your phone and use that note section to jot down some things that stand out for you. So today we are going to be covering a few terms. The first of which is ARC. Now I'll confess again, this is one of the terms that I did not know. So for your notes, ARC, which is often referred to stands for advanced reader copy. Now an advanced reader copy is a nearly complete version of your book. So thinking of it in terms that would resonate for me, back in the day going through school would be like your final draft of your book, all right? So it's the version of the book that probably isn't fully edited and polished and all of that, but it's a good representation of your book. Now, advanced reader copy is important because it's really giving you a signal of how this version of your book can be properly used. It's a version that circulated in advance of the actual publication of the book. Now, one of the mistakes that I made is I kind of kept my book a secret with the exception of the person that was helping to provide some creative direction for the book, I pretty much kept it secret until it was published. I'm going to implore you to not do that and instead use advanced reader copies. Now your question may be why? Well, someone could you know, steal my ideas and I'm very protective of my baby. That's how we tend to think of our work. But that actually works against your goal of making an impact with your book. Because distributing advanced reader copies benefits you. Because now you have the opportunity to have what I call power players, meaning people who can positively impact public perception of your book influencers, book reviewers, and bloggers. You rob them of the chance to get a sneak peek of your book and provide a positive review. Now, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I'm a big believer because the stats prove it, that readers make decisions based on reviews. And come on, admit it, when you travel. You pull up restaurants in a new city. Don't you look at reviews? And doesn't that largely influence where you eat? Well, it's no different with books. So these advanced reader copies give power players an opportunity to form an opinion about your book before its release. And if you think about it, this is a very common industry practice. You've actually even seen it in action. At least I know that I have. Do you ever wonder how those big names have all these glowing statements about them and their book online and even at print at the time of publishing? It's possible because these authors understand the power of ARCs. So instead of keeping your book a secret, like I did, and like so many first time authors do, your challenge is to identify a list of power players and ask for their honest now, that's really important. You want honest feedback. They give you a glowing review. You want to make sure that you use that everywhere, on your Amazon book description, on your website, anywhere that you can, because again, it paints a positive picture and gives people an incentive to want to read your book. If there is critical feedback, here's how I want you to think about it. Isn't it better to know that now versus later? So even critical feedback is helpful because it helps to improve the quality of your book before it goes mainstream and is published. A second term that we're going to explore today is a blurb. Now this is a short description of your book. It's often found on the back of a paperback copy or on the inside flap of a hardcover. And in this day and age, it's often the summary or the description that is used online. And in my opinion, it's often the least thought out and most overlooked part of a book. In my experience, authors spend months, if not years writing the actual book, and then whip together the blurb or the description. It's often a afterthought. Now, this is a huge mistake because the purpose of the back cover text or the description that's listed online is to let the reader know what they can expect from your book. In other words, at the end of the day, it explains why he or she should give up their time and their money to read your book. So this is the marketing piece of it. If we get this wrong, people will not bother to buy the book and the impact that you wanted to have on them will never happen. So in my opinion, this is where you want to spend serious time and effort to make sure that you get this right. And if writing to sell is not your specialty, this is something that you want to hire or delegate out because it can very well make the difference between whether your book is a hit or a flop. Listen, it's also important, even if your book is free. You now, I hear a lot of times, well, it's free and they still won't buy it, but here's what we have to realize, right? Even if it doesn't cost the reader money or it's only 99 cents. That's not the only part of the equation that the reader considers, right? Because they still have to invest time. So what is the encouragement, what is the incentive for them to give up hours of their time in order to read the book? The blurb has to answer the question, what's in it for me? In other words, why should I? buy this book. You've gotta put your marketing hat on and make sure that that blur positions your book as an answer to their questions, solution to their problems. And even if your book is fiction, it paints a picture of how they are going to be entertained or how they are going to positively escape as a result of reading your book. Now let's talk about two terms that I often kind of hear used in the similar conversation. The first of which is a beta reader and the second is a copy editor. So I often hear the term beta reader and I'm actually a fan. I know that there are differing opinions on this. I'm actually a huge fan of leveraging beta readers. And just in case you're not familiar with this term, a beta reader is a person who can give feedback, but from the standpoint of an average reader, right? So this is a a regular everyday person. They're not a professional book editor. But they are giving you their opinion based on their lifestyle, based on their journey, their experiences, how they are reacting to your book. And I think that's hugely valuable because at the end of the day, if the marketplace doesn't see value in our book, it won't sell, which means it won't have the impact that we're looking for. So they can provide advice and comments and their opinions from the standpoint of an average reader. And I, for one, do believe that that is extremely valuable. I see a beta reader as kind of a sounding board, but here are some things that I see go wrong with beta readers. First, we don't want everybody or anybody to be a beta reader. We don't. In order for us to get feedback that's actually going to help us with the commercial success and the impact of our book, the beta reader needs to be someone who is our ideal reader or our ideal client, if we're using the book to build the foundation for our coaching or consulting business, right? Because your friend or family member's feedback isn't really going to help you if they are not the person that you are writing the book for. So one of the big mistakes that I see is people just asking anyone, you know, just because they have a relationship to give feedback on the book, but that doesn't actually help us with our goal. So make sure that your beta readers are people that actually match your ideal reader description. Okay. So you got to get that piece nailed down first before you implore beta readers. The second problem, and I'll keep this short. So, the second main thing that I want to point out about beta readers is I see people use them as resources to kind of fix issues with the plot or the pacing. They're used as editors. Okay. And even if, controversial statement, even if they're an English teacher, even if they're really, really good at, you know, English. I want to implore you to not rely on family and friends for editing of your book. They're great for sounding boards if they also match your ideal reader audience, but I wouldn't use them as the actual editors for your book. Instead, I want to challenge you to actually hire a copy editor. And this is someone whose job is to work on the detail of the book. Copy editing is also sometimes referred to as line editing because they literally go, a good copy editor is literally going to go line by line through your story and refine it. So this person is actually trained to identify mistakes in your story. Inconsistencies and things that need to be addressed because Your book is your business card. So you want it to give the best possible impression of you. They also in this process may identify some grammatical mistakes, some typos, but this stage actually doesn't even necessarily make sure that your story is absolutely error free. That is actually proofreading. So one of the things that I've learned through this journey is that there are so many people that actually play a role in making sure that your book is able to put its best foot forward. And a copy editor is one of them, as well as a proofreader and a developmental editor. And sometimes you're able to find someone that can do all three of those things, and sometimes you may need to hire more than one person to do the job. Now, in the interest of time, I'm going to only cover one more term today, and that is copywriting. This is one that I hear questions about a lot. So what is the importance of copywriting your book? Well, you may have heard a number of different things on this, and it's true that you own the copyright to your book the moment that you begin writing it. But if you want to make sure that you have the highest level of protection, if you want to safeguard your copyright, then there's an additional step that you can take. You can actually register your book with the U.S. Copyright Office, and you can start this process online. So if you Google U.S. Copyright Office, there is a way that you can register your copyright online through an electronical registration, you pay a small fee, which the last time I looked was less than $50. You send in a copy of the work being copyrighted, in this case, your book, and they will register your copyright. So it's a really simple and easy process that you can actually do yourself. Wow. We have covered so much today in this first installment of Book Publishing A to Z. And here's what we have in store for you next time. So next time we're going to talk about distribution. Again, something I did not know the first time around, why publishing only through Amazon KDP is a mistake. So you want to be here to make sure that you get that. We're also going to talk about a term that is something that we want to consider, especially if you're looking at a traditional publishing deal, exclusivity. We're also going to talk about formatting for those of you that are planning to self-publish. This is where it can actually work against you if you don't have the right skill set or the right people involved. Formatting is one of those things that can tip the hand to the reader that it is self-published just because of how the book presents and how it looks. So let's talk about that next time. And then last but not least, we're going to talk about genre and why understanding the genre of your book plays a critical role as you're preparing to publish your book. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review.